Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. And now, your host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So excited you decided to join us today. Uh, Before we jump in, I'd like to give a big shout out to our two sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dish, the number one shooting machine on the market. You aren't going to find anything else like it. They are our sponsors because I own three of them, and I truly believe in this machine. I truly believe in the people that work there and the product. Uh, Mention Coach Unplugged, and they'll give you $400 off. Just say, Coach Collins sent me. Coach Unplugged sent me, and they'll take really, 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 really good care of you. Trust me. Also, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. 14-day free trial. Um, you're going to want to check it out before prices increase. You know, it's just that things happen. <laughs> Coach Collins has only got so many hours in a day. Go over and check it out. It's got the roadmap. It's got everything that you need to become a better basketball coach in one stop. You know, if you're looking for clinic videos, if you're looking how to break a one three one, if you're looking how to run a zone offense, if you're looking how – to, to pick an offense if you're looking for anything it's got it there for you as i hit my microphone oh well um it you know and it also helps us pay the bills helps us keep all these podcasts um the high school hoops and five minute basketball coaching podcasts and funnel down and all these things free to you um teachhoops.com is what pays the bills and keeps the lights on so um we'd love if you went over and check that out and let's head off to the podcast have a guest uh with us, probably a familiar face. Uh, I've seen him on the show before, but we wanted to bring him back uh, to talk about something, a serious topic. So this one's going to be a little bit more serious than we've done in the past. Uh, but we have uh, uh, coach and psychologist and professor. What else, dad? That's good. Uh, Dad's parent, the most right? important one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I could have started with that. Sorry, David. Uh, uh, so David, R- R- see, I told you I would do it. R- Radosevich. Radosevich. Oh, my goodness. Radosevich. We'll have to fix that on the edit. Uh, all right. We, today's topic is all about anxiety, dealing with anxiety, recognizing anxiety uh, in youth sports. So, uh it is, I think, and, you know, we were talking off air, is it a growing problem? Is it a problem that is just being labeled? Um, let's just dive into it. I got a ton of questions for you. I'm sure a lot of coaches, you know, going to turn up the volume here on this one. Uh, because I, what I hope at the end that we can walk away with a few things that we can help our kids uh, deal uh, as they're going through, deal or how to deal with anxiety as they're going through um, this, uh, going through anxiety on our team. So with that said, 
fumbled the whole first part of that, David. Uh, but let's dive into what is what is anxiety and what isn't anxiety? What's the line? Yeah, great question. So glad to be here. Uh, really important topic that oftentimes goes under the radar for coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, so anxiety, we tend to think of it as something that can be mental or physical, how our athletes are feeling. And it can be something that's very scary. So our goal then is to ask, how can we be aware of anxiety? And is mm-hmm. it crippling our athletes both on the court and off the court? Um, and I think an important point is that sports oftentimes provides the first taste of anxiety for kids under the spotlight. Um, you know, whether it's taking that game time free throw or if it's those butterflies in their stomach, all those things are, are, are common. They're exciting. Uh, and oftentimes we talk about that as just nerves um, and anxiety mm-hmm. that goes mm-hmm. above and beyond that. And I think anxiety really gets at this, this notion where the fear or worry becomes so strong uh, and it's silent, it's hidden to us on the outside, but it's so strong and uh, these kids feel it so immensely that it really impacts their ability to function effectively in terms of performance on the court, in terms of performance in the classroom, how they interact with their peers. So anxiety is really a crippler when it comes to performance on all areas of life. Well, you know, the reason I wanted to have you back on the show to talk about this is it's come up in a big way uh, with some youth players that I've been working with. And how it turned out, I was doing a camp and I saw this girl walk in. She was, you know, getting dressed, getting her shoes on, doing the whole thing. She was, you know, she got there 10 minutes early, like she's, you know, like she's supposed to, waiting for the other group to transition out. And her group was coming in. And uh, maybe 10, 15 minutes go by, she's with her dad, and I see them walk out. I'm like, oh, that's strange. And I was, you know, I got caught up in doing everything that I was doing to get the get the camp going or the clinic going and didn't think of anything of it. I thought, oh, maybe she got sick, maybe something came up, what have you. And what the her dad told me at the next time I saw him was, she just got this sick feeling because she didn't see any of her friends there and she wanted to leave. Yeah. Right. Um, now I took that as, yeah, she, there's a form of anxiety, right? There's anxiety that she wasn't going to be around her friends. They weren't there. She had to meet new people, you know, whatever it might be. Right. And then that was the first one. And at the same camp, I had another young lady whose dad, well, the first time it happened, the girl, she was playing and then she sat out. And, and I said, you know, of course I went over after what was wrong and she said, oh, I'm just not feeling well. I'm like, okay, just sit. She goes, is it okay if I call my dad and have him pick me up? I'm like, of course, right? If you're not feeling well, right? Uh, well, later, her, again, her dad came and said, you know, she's been dealing with anxiety at school and that's what you saw the week prior. So, my question to you then is, again, are, are are kids getting diagnosed with anxiety more so than ever? Did something change in society? Did we, going back to this labeling, is it now just a label and those butterflies now become anxiety and our parents, doctors making a bigger deal about it other than just, hey, 
Now you got butterflies. We're all nervous. I get nervous before every game. I always tell my players that I don't care if I'm doing third grade girls or high school. I get those butterflies in my stomach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great question. Um, so the short answer is yes, it's on the rise. Thank you, COVID. Uh, thank you, technology. Mm. And thank you, helicopter parenting. So those are mm. three tsunami forces that have actually saw that have actually contributed to an uptick in the amount of anxiety. So there's one survey, uh, I believe about 2020 from the National Institute of Mental Health that found one in three teenagers between the ages of 13 and 18 are going to experience anxiety at some point in their lives. And many are experiencing now. And that's from a psychological diagnosis. So mm-hmm. your psychological diagnosis, having an anxiety disorder, that means it's impacting your ability to function normally in daily life and you need some help. That's pretty severe. And then there's mm-hmm. a lot of the other two thirds. Some are flirting with that psychological diagnosis, but not clinically diagnosed. So, uh, I would say yes. Uh, Anxiety, fear is a hidden pandemic that is affecting this generation in ways that you and I never had to deal with, Bill. Mm. Uh, Our our life growing up, we hopped on a bike and we met some friends uh, at the the park. Uh, We are back. We solve problems on our own. Today's kids, it's a different world. They're born with a cell phone in in their hands. What does that mean? Well, they're on social media and comparisons are the biggest culprits of contributing fear on social media. Um, and so research has clearly shown that uh, uh, social media has shown an increase in um, anxiety. Also parenting styles have changed um, mm-hmm. as the mm-hmm. world becomes scarier and dangerous. And we look at school shootings and all these other things, parents tend to hover a little bit more. The the unintended side effects is that we don't allow our children to solve problems the way you and I had to solve problems when we were growing up. Things are done for them. So in your example of she just disappeared, how do we solve that problem? My friends aren't here. You know, you and I might say, well, they might be here in two minutes. They might be here in five minutes. How can I just be at peace and get ready and go shoot? So it's when you see it in things like that underneath, the things that are hidden are really boiling up in a big way in kids' minds uh, because of all mm. these the, these global factors that psychologists have been studying for a while. But as coaches, mm-hmm. we go into the setting and we're just focused on, all right, how do I get practice set up? How do I get the best yeah. out of them? And often it's not on our radar that kids might be suffering. They might be bullied. Uh, they might not have the skills to, to handle little things and it just boils up in them. Well, that's a, that's a good point is how, as a, coach i mean i think the examples that i gave and i've experienced recently are pretty they're they're evident the girl walked out with her dad right because it built up into her and i'm sure you know i have a daughter and you know she's precious to me and you know and we'll, you know i i try to walk that line where i'm like okay you're here you know quote unquote deal with it right and you know but then I look at her in the eyes and, you know, she, she, anyway, I know you have a daughter too. So you know what exactly what I'm talking about. She gives you that look. And yeah. um, then there's the other, then there's the lesser, like the, the, it's not quite that bad yet, but there's the butterflies or maybe it's the advanced in between that. Um, you know, again, I had, another, I had a girl in my high school team who would, she would get so sick before every game. 
go and vomit and come back and she was fine. But she built all of this up in, in, inside of her. Uh, so as a coach, let's talk about some early warning signs. And then of course, what can we do about it? So early warning signs, what are some things we should look for? They, you know, they're not going to, Oh, I'm anxious. Right. Or they're not going to come out and say it. So what do we look for? Yeah, absolutely. So when we look at performance anxiety within it, the, the, the kind of the butterflies, right. It's, are they apprehensive? Yeah. Um, do they say, Oh, you know, my stomach's acting up. I got butterflies. Sometimes they might have clammy hands or fatigue uh, or muscle tension. Mm. So those are, you know, some of the, the common symptoms in the performance situation. So outside of that, when we look at anxiety, we may find people to withdraw. Uh, they might not be able to hold a good conversation. They seem distant. Um, and sometimes that's confusing. Are they just shy? Are they not? So we look for consistent behavior over mm-hmm. time. It's like, wait, they're a little more quiet than usual. Um, and so, you know, on my teams, I, I noticed differences on big test days in the school. I'm like, wow. Oh, yeah. Good you know, point. Everybody yeah. seems to, you know, to do well. Am I going to get yelled about my parents, et cetera? So expectations are so high and it's, it's noticeable, but being on the radar, fortunately having a daughter, I know, oh, they had a test today. So I can kind of forecast. So yeah. there's things we can do. Be aware of some of those signs. Do you notice changes in behavior from the norm? Um, and then, don't focus setting on setting high expectations right away. I like to s- kind of create a fun environment, whether that's music. Music is a great way to get mm-hmm. them relaxed, loosen up as kids. So maybe just have something playing as they warm up. Um, another great thing coaches can do after the awareness is always focus on praising effort over results. Uh, to me, that's the first principle rule of thumb. Um, mm. So avoid giving instructions that really put extra pressure on your athletes. So we have to score on this play. No, you really don't. We just have to show up, <laughs> do our best, and run yeah, the play yeah. to the best we can. It's not the end of the world if we score. We don't. Yes, we want to. But how we phrase things, effort is important. You um, must have different parents uh, in the Midwest than we do it here in the West. Because, no, we need to score. Every time we touch the ball, no exception. <laughs> yeah, it's alive and well, but, but, but I think as a coach. I hear your point though. No, you're yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, and, and that is a, that actually brings up a good point too. And sorry to cut you off, but as you were talking about that, parents are a huge cause of it as well. And I think sports brings it out even more. We see, we hear, we see, we experience the ugly side of sports and and, and sport parents. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And what can parents do themselves? What's the what? What should they do? You talked about coaches should you know we should applaud the effort, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I'm assuming same thing for parents. They should applaud the effort. Yeah. But uh, you know we have 
you know, in our area, you know, it, it's, you know, the, the, the pressure to perform in the classroom, the pr- pressure to perform on the courts, right. The profession, you know, and, you know, the pressure to get into a great school, right. All of that is a buildup and, you know, some kids can handle it really well and some can't. Okay. Long-winded way of saying, well, what do we do if we're a parent, our kids are playing sports? Yeah. This is the, uh, I think the best uh, uh, advice I can give a parent. There's a lot of advice, but this one I think is golden. (laughs) After the game, the first thing anybody, a parent should say to their kid is, boy, I really enjoyed watching you play. Yeah. Yeah. Period. But man, that coach, he doesn't know how to coach. Is that the second thing they say? We can take it. We can take it. But but there's something to that. And it's usually uh, the post-game recap on the car ride home that just fuels Mm -hmm. self-doubt and anxiety. Um, Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes parents are living out their dreams again through their kids. And, you know, anybody, Monday morning quarterback, or you should have done this in the game. But it's not our show. We've had our day in the sunlight. When we are doing yeah. these sports, now it's their chance to learn how to pr- solve problems in the moment, how to deal with adversity, how to celebrate wins successfully. So I would say have a positive post game on the ride home. And the first words out of ev- out of your mouth should be, I really enjoyed watching you play today. And then just mm-hmm. wait mm-hmm. for response. And then as you start to get in the post game comments, remember that. Uh, you know, the, the best time to make corrections is with the coach the next practice. And I give this feedback to coaches as well. Uh, you know, don't necessarily show the film, so to speak, right after the game, whether it's literal film or just you talking about it, but just let it reside. These are kids. You know, these aren't professional athletes. So I think that one has tremendous bang for their buck. And then also expectations are so critical. Um, mm-hmm. ask, ask your kids what success looks like for them. Yeah. And you'll be surprised on the answers. Oftentimes it's the ice cream after that's number one on their mind. Uh, if you're talking with real little ones in high school, it might yeah. be yeah. just fitting in and being with my friends. Um, so asking them what success means for them and setting expectations off of that as a starting point, as opposed to imposing, um, you know, how many points you score a game, how many rebounds you get. That stuff's all nice. But at the end of the day, you know, they can't always control that. That's right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And then what about, um, well, the relaxation techniques. So, you know, one of the things that I created out of this, you know, I, I, I saw this in my own son's performance um, was the, what we talked about was the, the red dot, right? And so the red dot is this combination of the game on the court and, the, and winning the game in your head. And, the one of the relaxation techniques we use is literally a red dot between your, and I think I've talked about this on the show between your index finger and your thumb. So if you're watching this on video, I'm pointing to that right now, we just put a little red dot there. So when you get those butterflies in your stomach, you start, you missed a shot. You're worried about what the outcome is going to be. Is the coach going to take me out of the game? You know, this game is getting close. You know, I tell the players just, Grab that little red dot, push on it. And th- what it, you know, it's a pressure point, one, but two, also just mentally a reset. Like, okay, everything's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be fine. So we talk about this red dot, which is drive open together. 
that is a relaxation technique that we use. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you have a ton of other things uh, that you might give to coaches, tools that they could use to share with the kids. So, <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I think one of the most impactful tools is the throttle in our body. So when we're driving cars, right, the engine's throttling up, mm-hmm. throttling down. Yeah. We have the same ability in our body, and that is through breath work. Any mm-hmm. professional sports you watch, you see them using breath work between the, before they take free throws or whatever it is. And what's yeah. happening yeah. is we can regulate the mind by regulating our breath work. And mm-hmm. then when we regulate our breath work, we can regulate our behavior. Um, so mm-hmm. one interesting fact is during the recent March Madness, the University of Marquette, uh, uh, during one time out, their peak performance coach actually had them do breath work and the commentators mentioned it. So oh, that's wow. they chose to use a two minute timeout yeah. game because they understand the importance of just taking deep breath, calming ourselves mm-hmm. down. And we're trying to slow down the fight or flight response that's activated in the sympathetic nervous system and switch to yeah. this parasympathetic, slow it down. And when we slow it down, that's where we can start to get rid of those butterflies. So I like your technique with the red dot. Uh, it's just another way to be present and to calm ourselves or whether it's just a simple breath in or out. And then there's other techniques that psychologists uh, will teach about cognitive reframing uh, in the moment as well. Um, you know, I didn't fail, but rather I learned a new way not to do something. I can do it. <laughs> yeah. so, so reframing in the moment as well is a great tool because it's quick, it's easy. And uh, so those are three go-tos that I think are really important that you can pull out in the moment. Um, but in practice, there's things you can do to set the stage for this. Okay. Uh, and what, like, yeah, I'd love to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we already talked about praising effort over results. That's mm-hmm. still the culture that I show up for efforts because uh, I always can't mm-hmm. control the uncontrollables, the scores, things like that. The second thing I would tell coaches is focus on muscle, muscle memory. So a lot of studies have shown that when we stay out of our heads, when we're performing acts, uh, we ha- we create muscle memory. And that muscle memory then, when it's just second nature, we can perform better. So the classic is Michael Jordan shooting a thousand shots a day in the off season. Mm. Muscle mm. memory. Why do you think Steph Curry is so right. great? It's yeah. muscle memory. Right. The second uh, part I would say in practice, try to simulate game day as much as you can, uh, whether that's piping in noise or the pace, game speed, or how you do your substitutions. Um, so those are some great efforts, praising effort over results, muscle memory, and then simulate game day in practice are three mm. ways to set the stage for us to deal with those butterflies more productively. That's awesome. That's good feedback. And, you know, um, what about the athletes themselves? What is, you know, you talked about breath. If they have a game coming up or, they're feeling anxious. Um, would you know? Imagine these things, or it's like a it's a muscle, right? And you have to practice it and use it, and over and over again, until you just get better at it. But how does how does how does how does an a young athlete recognize that? Okay, I'm getting anxious. Mm-hmm. And, and then, what are some tools that they can use right away um, to like okay? 
this is just, you know, it's just a game and we'll be fine at the end, whatever. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And I would give them the same advice. I've, I've given um, some athletes at the Olympic level and a few professional mm-hmm. athletes sitting in their respective Hall of Fames right now. Same advice. <laughs> One, that's great. That Those feelings are a warning signal. What you do with that warning signal is where mm. success happens or success doesn't. So I actually embrace anxiety and the greatest athletes in the world embrace anxiety as, oh, that's a warning signal. Now I can make changes to how I'm going to handle the situation. Um, so it's the old Bruce Lee quote, be the water, right? So the idea is if an opponent's <laughs> coming at you with force, don't freak out, just use that momentum to your advantage. And those mm-hmm. athletes who can, when they start feeling their heart pounding faster, their hands getting clammy, they say, ah, oh, that's it. Let me take a deep breath. Let me cognitively reframe this. Let me trust my talents. I've done great things. I've done hard things in the past. I can do them here. We practice this. I've got this. I trust my teammates. Um, so those are some good things. I also am a big fan of imagery. Some people call it visualization. Visualization is mm-hmm. using just one sense, but imagery takes in all the senses. So I will routinely mm-hmm. tell athletes in practice, let's engage in imagery. Think about a time when we had a wonderful victory. How did it feel? What were the smells? What did you sound? How are you feeling inside? And just a few moments of engaging in mental rehearsal or imagery is a great way as well for people to experience those emotions at fast heartbeats, maybe a little bit of butterflies in the stomach. And I say, butterflies are great. It's our job to get those butterflies to fly in formation. And that's the mark of someone who can control that anxiety. It's foolish for a coach to say, we can't have anxiety. It's part of the human experience. We have to right. embrace it. It's the fuel to get us going. But those who use adaptive strategies can use that fuel for good, as opposed to maladaptive strategies where they shrink under pressure and they choke. Sports Social Podcast Network.